welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And to, 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 to Tom Dorian. <laughs> Present. Is that a little Max Headroom introduction it was there? Something to, to Tom. Uh, <laughs> yes. Tom Dorian. No, I was just I was just <laughs> hearkening like song, back to the the Chia Pet commercial. Chia oh, Chia. Oh, I like it. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to both of you. He wow, has much better you. hair than any chia pet. I'm just going to say it. Yes, he does. As a matter of fact, in fact, there's, grows that way too. There, sh- there should be a like a like a little ceramic version of Tom's head oh, that you grow man. the little chia pet. That yeah, be that'd so be cool. awesome. Yeah, I want one of those. Make it a bobblehead too. It would be in Catholic. Um. Only the finest Catholic bookstores <laughs> across the nation would have the Tom Dorian. Uh, Chia Pet. Oh, that's the beginning. Anyway, of the yeah, that would be the end of the end. Right, 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 right. So, man, I tell you what, um, from that levity, let's turn the, the, the pages here uh, and let's. Uh, well, this is going to be kind of a downer of a show, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's going to end on a positive note, but but um, there. There's a lot going on in the in the world today. I I with the like with the recent <laughs> yeah I know I know with the recent school shootings, and there's like. Uh, I know the definition of a mass shooting now is I, I think that like they they determined it to be like if when four or more people get shot. Oh gosh. Uh, but 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 the point is, I mean, it, when one gets shot, it's a tragedy. But more and more and more, and I don't remember what the number was, but I was just looking online, uh, realizing. That, I mean, the, literally the last couple of years, there've been hundreds of those. Mm-hmm. I just I can't imagine that we're at a time and place in the world. When that's happening, and so then there's natural responses, right? There's there's responses like we need more um, we need more guns or we need fewer guns. Uh, there's responses that that are aimed at either lauding or tearing down our law enforcement, mm-hmm. right? And so you start to see all the division that happens in the in the world. And this show is really not about uh, which of those things is right. I don't ever want to tear down law enforcement. I'm always going to laud them, but uh, like first responders especially. But 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 I, I am going to say that like I don't really want to come down on a side of whether we should have gun control or gun safety or f- more laws in place to t- take guns away. I'm not a big fan of guns, but you know. So, but we can talk about those things. But honestly, I guess what I want to come down to is like, is that going to fix things? And what I wanted to talk about a little bit was really I want to go back to um, uh, Pope St. John Paul II and and sort of talking a lot about um, the culture of death that we've that our that our our country our world has really started to live in and start to help people to start to see that like these particular gun events are horrific, especially in all the uh, the bloodletting and all of the. The, t- the terrorism that it, that these like especially the kids the innocent but even the ones that aren't kids the innocent people that are being uh, terrorized by this and living in fear because of this it's it's not like uh, on some kind of island of just bad things happening mm-hmm. right. right it's not just all about gun crime mm-hmm. I mean there's something that's even I think deeper more profound scarier, and more really, frankly, demonic going on yeah. in our world. And I, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, John Paul II is well known for talking about the culture of death. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, 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 uh, and, and, and 
you know, foreshadowing to the end of our show, leading us uh, ever to a culture of life. Sure. Right. His his encyclical in in uh, evangel evangelium vitae. I, I can say it. <laughs> Uh, uh, Evangelium Vitae, however you want to pronounce it, uh, uh, the, uh, the Gospel of Life, mm-hmm. right in 1995, uh, and he was always pointing us in that in that direction. But recognizing, we need to recognize that we're living in a culture of death. I mean, really, we're surrounded by it. That's how he greeted us when he came to the United States. When he was when he was able-bodied enough to kneel on the ground and kiss the ground. That's the first thing he w- he would do when he was too old and 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 uh, uh, not able-bodied enough to do that. He, he would have literally a bowl of U.S. soil brought to him for him to kiss. And mm. what did he say right after he kissed the United States soil? He said, "America has succumbed to a culture of death." Mm. A scary. That's how he said hi to us. Yeah. That's literally how he greeted us. Yeah. yeah. And and that and and but you know what? I don't know that anybody is going to deny that. Right. And say, oh, he's just a downer. Don't be a Debbie Downer. Don't be a buzzkill, bro. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, we have a nice buffet set up over here for you. You know, <laughs> right. can you just enjoy that and then move along with uh, you know the Vatican One or whatever the, the, the airplane. You know, take off and uh, and and and. But it's like. The the reality is uh, he spoke truth, uh, and and that's uh, that's what we need to realize. And and I guess what I wanted to talk a little bit about today was um, this stuff is all interconnected. Um, and and I I don't want to myself sound like a a downer when I say that like you can have all the junk gun legislation you want, and you can eliminate every gun from every uh, well every legal gun from every legal citizen's hands. Yeah. And there's going to be devastation and destruction that somehow finds its way into our world. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt Walsh p- tweeted this um, right after the Uvalde shooting, and I thought this was actually a, a very well stated. He said, start with a boy, take away his father, sit, sit him in front of a screen all day, feed him porn, feed him an endless stream of content, give him no moral formation, no guidance, no companionship, give him drugs, isolate him. That's how you make a school shooter, rinse and repeat. Yeah, it's scary. Wow. It's tragic. Now, I know there's a lot of people who don't like Matt Walsh. Oh, sure. But I can't argue a, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not taking a stance, you know, one way or another or anything. I just don't I, – I don't believe in reading quotes without attributing them. No, right, I 100% agree. But but what he speaks there – Oh, yeah. I, I believe, you know, I'm a, I'm a father of nine. Uh, Tom, you've got uh, – well, I mean, the ones you like. Right. Five. Exactly. Right. Uh, kidding, uh, but you know, so we have we have kids, and we we spend our 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 days worrying about those kids we and do. what's going on with oh, those yeah. kids. And I, I know you've noticed as much as I've noticed uh, how much more I fight against when we're sitting at the table and they're all on their phones. Yeah, and everyone goes like, ah, oh, you know, they're kids, and they all do this, this. It's like, you know what? But there's 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 problems with that. And I'm not saying that the phone is a culture of death. But, but you cannot argue that, like, with screen time, in terms of, like, kids getting more and more addicted to their phones. Oh, yeah. It's just becoming more and more regular. So so now, whatever's coming across that phone is what's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we have to look at that, and we have to start studying algorithms from major tech companies. And you start to realize there's a lot of people getting into your kids' heads, mm-hmm. right? And what I think what Matt Walsh is getting at there is what's so true is, 
it's not just them sitting around the fireside with mom and dad and they're talking about life and how important things are there's frequently not a dad in the picture uh you know and mom's struggling to keep make ends meet or whatever and sometimes there's other problems that are that are that are happening and there's usually uh, there's there's like addictions to pornography or drugs or other things that are like have seeped into that person's life and it's it's destroying them and then but but I guess what I want to get to is like this is not just about gun violence and that's you hear that phrase gun violence constantly now because of the shootings and we should rightly discuss gun violence and and you know what I'll go ahead and say it and put myself out there and say I'm in favor of some more stringent gun laws myself mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm I'm thinking I don't know that I I need an AR-15 and I know a lot of people have different opinions about the Second Amendment and I'm a big Second Amendment fan too and I'm going to be honest and say I own a gun it's at my house for protection of my family and so it, there's a we could we could have that discussion all day but i'm just telling you what i've realized that there's something supernaturally un well unnerving going on right now well i think in addition uh to the supernatural also at the biological level you just brought up uh oh yeah pornography you know like so i think if we put ourselves so uh i'm, I'm 39 myself okay and so uh, when I was growing up as a child, like stuff, like exposure to pornography, basically stuff like that. If maybe if there was a, a a kid would have a, an older brother who might have had a magazine that sold in a store, like a, a, a common grocery store that has bad stuff that kids shouldn't be looking at, but it's different. It's on a completely different level than what's on the internet, right? Yeah. Or kids might. You know, they might gather around in a classroom and say "tee hee," and they look up you know naughty words in the dictionary, and maybe there's a pencil drawing in the dick in the Webster's dictionary as to this or that thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they say "tee hee," and that's the end of it, mm-hmm. right? Well, now those same kids, when they have just a smartphone available to them at the earliest age, as, as early as they're able to use it, instead of looking in Merriam's dictionary, they're able to Google those words. Right. And they have access to content that's on a completely different level than what kids were exposed to at that age when I was growing up. And you know, the, if you look at the scientific impact of what porn has on the human yeah, brain. Yeah, the biological factor is is huge a lot of people don't realize that like the the body creates these endorphins and these dopamine that's just like pumped into the system yes right that that basically gives you the high oh yeah and it's it's basically brain damage so i mean we have a generation of kids who i believe are brain damaged from pornography and access basically yeah Yeah, and it's a long long difficult process yeah to rid your to, to sort of right the ship as it were in, in that setting so there's a there's a physical thing but but also um, there's something spiritually problematic here and that where everything is connected and and uh, and so let me, let me just give an example um, a lot of people think that like contraception I mean we as Catholics we're artificial contraception is bad and we have all kinds of reasoning for it etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but it's it's uh, it was uh, when Humana Vitae came out in 1968. Pope Paul the um, Pope Saint Paul the yeah Pope Saint Paul the uh, came out and and made these prophecies. Yes. In 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 that uh, in that document, um, and those prophecies were there'd be infidelity and moral decline, there'd be lost respect for women, there'd be abuse of power and unlimited dominion. Um, and it's like you look at those things, you go like. Okay, these were prophecies, and every stinking one of them has come true, right? Yeah. So infidelity and moral decline, I think we can all agree. 
that infidelity and moral decline. I mean, so, I mean, not only are marriages breaking up, people aren't getting married, right? And things that used to be uh, morally reprehensible are now not only acceptable, but they're applauded and lauded, uh, right? So um, then lost respect for women. This is the only place I think the Pope got it wrong. Yes, there is lost respect for women, but he, but he was not inclusive enough. Yeah. It, there's lost respect for men. Yeah. Lost respect for children. Oh yeah, it's not just women who have been abused in this situation, Humanity. right? Uh, and then abuse of power. So we have these government authorities, essentially, who uh, take away your rights of self determination, right? Your free will, uh, and this abuse in terms of like forced sterility, uh, and and uh, and then forcing people to accept certain kinds of redefinition of marriage, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there are things like that that comes from the government. That's come true, yeah. right? Uh, and then this last one, unlimited dominion. Uh, when you look at that, what that means essentially is, that, that is essentially another way of saying my body, my choice. Yeah, yeah, and that mm. you're entitled to exercise dominion over your own body. And that, you know, we a lot of times we hear things like my body, my choice with regard to abortion, but also with regard to sex and sexuality, that before there was abortion on demand, there was, you know, sexual, uh, seeking sex on demand. Demand and, and that we had some sort of a right to use our bodies or the bodies of others right. in that way. That's right. So all of these prophecies came to be, every single one of them. Now, hmm. so you, you, you and, and this is all because people were going to take a pill. Yeah, that, that was, was artificial <laughs> contraception. That was he wasn't addressing abortion. He was talking about artificial contraception. Right, right. And and, and so and and so you start to see that. And so when you look at that, you start to look at the supernatural connectivity of everything, and you start to realize that um, all of these are ways in which um, uh, so this thing is connected to that thing, which is connected to that thing, uh, and all of them essentially are attacking the family mm -hmm. right they're they're attacking um uh, they're they're things that seem not to be connected but they are so if you look at the list of things like well we talked about abortion but contraception pornography poverty redefinition of marriage adultery divorce abuse uh, addiction career focus financial stress promiscuity fornic fornication uh poor communication all these things you start thinking like well they're in and of themselves is it really that bad but they're all connected, so you can add to that list, uh, you know, school shootings, which yeah. are, I mean, and, and and they're all connected, right, to giving ourselves over to um, a culture of death. Well, and I think also there's an attack on personhood yes. that's connected there, right? Human like, dignity. Human dignity, because the dignity of life, the person, you know, because if if you know if life doesn't really have any inherent meaning. And I, it's it's the meaning I make for it, and it just begins and ends with me and what I want, what I think I, I I'm entitled to, or if I just give into the thing of saying like, well, as long as I'm not hurting according to my definition of harm, another person, mm -hmm. then whatever I want to do, since I'm the beginning and the end, uh, you know that that's okay. Right. You know what I mean, and so there's a self there's a self centered philosophy, That's the moral relativism, and existentialism that has just completely like uh, torn apart moral conversation. But these everybody days. still uses that argument, Sam uh, and Tom, because it's like, yeah, they still use that argument because it sounds like, hey, as long as I'm not hurting anybody, why does it matter? Like, so if I decide I'm going to have McDonald's versus Wendy's, right? What do you care if I have McDonald's versus Wendy's? Mm -hmm. and, and honestly, um, Wendy cares. Yeah, Wendy. Does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen Ronald when he's upset, but Ronald McDonald is not never happy. But look, but here's the thing, um, you know, 
we're not we're we're not talking about hamburgers here, right? right. We're talking about things that are essentially uh, at the very core of our of a hum, of human dignity, and and uh, this is where it's important for us to understand. Uh, you know, Saint Paul talking us about us being parts of one body. So when when we allow one person to hurt themselves, it may be their free will choice to do that, but it hurts us too. Well, right. and also the core the core of our dignity as human beings is God's authorship of our personhood as human beings. And so when we have a culture that says, I get to decide meaning and I get to decide morality and I, you know, as long as I operate within these boundaries, what we're ultimately doing is we're pulling the human person out of the context of where true meaning lies. Yeah. So simplify what you just said a minute ago, how it hurts all of us, because I've had this conversation with our kids and I put it in terms of family. You know, it, when when a person says that in society, it kind of makes sense what they're saying, Deej, if you think about it. If I do something to myself, how's it hurting you? You're not related to me. But but if you put it in terms of a family, it's a whole different it's story. It's destroying the family. Right. So right. all you have Which to do is... destroy society. Exactly. Right. So when we have those conversations, like when I have them with my kids, if we talk about this particular topic, or when I'm talking to anybody else about it, I say, look at the statistics. Look at the... Like, look at... Uh, uh, look at what's happening to families. Mm-hmm. They're 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 either being destroyed, mm-hmm. or they're already broken, or they're not even existing. Right. Right. So we have a lot of out of wedlock births. We have a lot of people living together, not making that that familial commitment. Um, and you have kids growing up in single parent households. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and statistically speaking, all you do is you can say, look, you know what, take God out of the equation, which I don't like to do, but you know, honestly, you can do that. Mm -hmm. Take God out of the equation and look at the stats. And societies fall and fail when there are no families. Right. Families are the core and every societal anthropologist, every historian, every philosopher, er even theologian, everyone would tell you that the the basic cell unit of society is the family. When a man really loves a woman, a woman really loves a man, they make a baby, right. and and they and they are they they stay together, and they're a family, and that child is raised in that family. Right, right. Every everybody, even people who don't believe in God, will tell you that's how the that's how a society works. Otherwise, it falls apart. Mm-hmm. And so, when you start doing what you want to do. It destroys the nature of the family, right? Right, and that's why my mantra, save the family, save the world, mm-hmm. or the mantra I adhere to, save the family, save the world, save the family, save the world. If you wanna stop the school shootings, in every one of these situations, the the, the young man, usually the young man, uh, that perpetrated that horrible evil has a broken family, mm-hmm. and they're in a broken situation, and they're addicted to something or another. Mm-hmm. Right in every one of those situations, a normal guy like Tom Dorian doesn't just, you know, bust a fuse and all of a sudden go around shooting people. Right. It doesn't happen that way. But can we have a vision of the human family without a vision of the human person? And can we have no. a vision of the human person without an understanding of God? You that's know? that's exactly right. So so that's why I'm saying all this is related. Yeah. If the devil was trying to destroy God, which he can't, but if he wanted to. Really, what the devil does is he goes after what God loves. So he goes after the family, right? He goes after human beings. And so, if you're a if you're an opposing general, what are you going to do if you're trying to hurt your enemy? You got one bomb and you want to blow up your enemy. Do you go to like the most populous, you know, area 
uh, in in uh, in that country, and you blow up like where all of their military might is, is centered. You know, whatever the fortress is, you're going to blow up that fortress, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to send explode that bomb 600 miles to the right of that on somebody's farm. You know, a pineapple farm or whatever. You just like blow that up. No, you're going to blow up the thing that's going to do the most damage. And that's what the devil is attacking. You're is the attack family? The father. That's right. So, so knock the father out of the picture, like Matt Walsh was talking about there. You take that dad out of there. Now you got this kid, basically self determination right. happening, and he's he's being so. Then all of the things that speak to your kids. So all this stuff about like the government's uh, silencing parents that are concerned about what their kids are being taught. Mm-hmm. This is why this is devastating. Why ex presidents have been kicked off of Twitter. You know, you look at that and go like, well, you know, he was obnoxious. Yeah. I'm going to say it right here on the air. President Donald Trump was obnoxious on Twitter. I'm going to say that. You know what? But I think he has every right to be. He's on Twitter. Put him on Twitter. Let him say, I, I want to be able to, to, to discern for myself what's good and what's bad. I don't need an algorithm to say, oh, he's, I, want to, I don't want to cancel. I don't like cancel culture. Right, we we should really have the First Amendment and allow people to speak their mind now within reason. We don't want them yelling fire in a crowded theater, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but the but the point being, um, these the entities that are like silencing speech uh, and they're controlling so much, and we've given so much of ourselves over to this control. It's kind of scary, right? Scary. And their goal and their goal is to Limited attack human dignity, attack the human person. Uh, to make you feel like you're dependent upon them and and they set the new moral standards and it destroys your family it tears it apart and they want to reward that so you look at the government programs you look at all these things and you should always look at it from the eye of like is this going to build up the traditional family or is it going to tear it down mm-hmm. and unfortunately there's way too many policies out there that are tearing down the traditional family mm-hmm. you know as I was listening to you Deacon Jeff something that came to mind was uh, so the way it came to me was there was an old uh, early church father who gave a sermon uh, on the feast of the baptism of the Lord. And he talked about how Jesus, it, you know, it wasn't that he was made holy by the baptism. He was already holy because he's God. He, he wasn't made holy by the water. But God, but he made the water holy. Yes. He made baptism holy. And in the same way, like, you know, when you think about God revealing himself as father and you think about one of Christ's last gifts to us before he commended his life to our father as giving us a mother in the Virgin Mary, that uh, that sanctifies fatherhood and motherhood in a way that I don't think we oftentimes recognize, Mm -hmm. you know, that for God, God, you know, he could have said, you know, I'm coming to you as king, which he did. Right, I, I'm coming to you as creator, which he did, but for him to say, "I want to know you as my child, my beloved child. I am your father, and you have a mother, and she loves you, and she's uh, my mother too." Says yeah, but Jesus, look what they're right? doing. But look what what's happening to our men. Right, yeah. we're we're emasculating our men right now. Yeah, I mean, so you when have you ever heard the 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 phrase toxic masculinity before? And I'm not in favor, by the way, of machismo and someone going around and uh, lauding over women and uh, male chauvinism in that way. I, I don't like any of that stuff. And Pope it's, John Paul talks against it, by the way, in his letter to women. He that's talks right. About stuff that's like right. That. But now it's gotten to be where you're not even allowed to open a girl's uh, door for her. 
in the car. And someone's going like, yeah, I don't, you know, what are you trying to do? It's like, and then we got these young men who don't have a model, a role model of a father in their family. They don't know what to be. And that's why you start to see uh, a terrible rise in, in gangs because that's their fatherhood. Right. Right? right. So if you say to those people who've never experienced fatherhood, hey, God wants to be your father. Well, what does that mean? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, or it, maybe their father was the person who beat them well, and who abandoned them. You think, know? Of, right. think about the word father, right? And the fact that we say father because, uh, you know, uh, your dad, your father, and you as a father are supposed to model God the father to your child. Right. So the, first, the child's first experience of God the father really is the father in the family. The biological or adopted father in that family is that's the first experience of God that they have. They see you, they see un, unconditional love, they see mercy, mercy they, they, they see a, a path to righteousness and holiness and, and dignity, and they see the way to go and who to follow. And when they don't have that, then, then basically the child belongs to the world, and that's not a good thing. Well, in fact, I'd even go a step farther and say I think that God gives fathers, the way he's created us, access to a space within the heart of the child where that father, when he speaks over the child, what he thinks of the child, that can sometimes drown out the loving message of God if it's a negative messaging, yeah. right? And so a, a father, if you're if you're a person's father, you've been invited into a fatherly relationship into, into somebody's life, you've been invited into a space to speak over that person. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to speak to that person with love. No, that's beautiful. I, I do want to, we only have like a minute left, and I, and I do want to end this with a little bit of a positive note. And just, even though it sounds terrible and it sounds like we got all kinds of uh, pain and suffering in the world, we do. But there is an answer. There is an answer. And, and um, Evangelium Vitae it essentially says the, the, the gospel of life um, you know, and we need to we need to choose life, right? We need to be in life, to live in life, to live in love with the Lord, and that will change everything, right? And we need to little by little. There's uh, Cardinal Francis George uh, had this great quote where he says, and, and, the, and that hope is found in the church, by the way, the church that keeps getting attacked by the world and by the devil. That's 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 where you're going to find truth, by the way. Wherever the devil's attacking, wherever the world attacks, that's where the truth is. But uh, Cardinal George said, I expect to die in my bed my successor will die in prison and his successor will die a martyr in the public square which is a, a terrible kind of dark thing <laughs> I thought you were going to lighten things no, no, no. up <laughs> but he says his successor will pick up the shards of a ruined society and slowly help rebuild civilization as the church has done so often in human society mm. the hope of love the, the, and the light of the world is found through the church, right? God speaks through his holy Catholic church, and that's where we need to find that hope. So if the church believes it and professes it to be true, you can believe and, and trust that it is true, and that's where the hope is going to be. That's that gospel of life, that gospel of light that we need to start to follow. And even in these dark days that are ahead of us, we need to understand most assuredly that God loves us and God wants us to be with him forever in heaven. And that every person matters. Amen, brother. Amen. And let's, you know what? The, the Blessed Mother is always there for us and lead us towards that light to her son, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at 
thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time. Thank you.